It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. And uh, my name is Jason Squires. Excited about this month. We have a new month, this September, so it's a new topic. Every month, uh, if you've been tracking with us for any, any length of time, you'll know that monthly we change the topic and kind of spend that whole month centered around a topic. And this month, we're talking about writing set lists and what that looks like. Uh, we all do it as worship leaders. Uh, every week, Every week, you have a new set list. And what is that what does that look like and how do you are the things we need to talk about today i'm joined by nate scott from ccli nate how's it going going great going good it's good to hang out with you this is exciting yeah love it uh, i yeah. think this is like second time right yes yes we've done we did this uh, on facebook live i think last Ooh. year end of last year or, or sometime or another um I'm excited to do this in this form now uh, tell us a little bit about you. You're with CCLI. What do you do? Tell us all about Nate Scott. So I've been with CCLI for eight years. I started out in our publishing team as the manager of intellectual property manager. And uh, after, I think, five years, moved into a director role for a bit more of the company and, and rights holder, songwriter relations. Today, I'm the vice president of the company. And uh, I just love serving churches, serving publishers, songwriters. Uh, it's one of those pinch yourself every morning. I'm sure glad that God allowed me to do something that I love That's awesome. for my job. Uh, personally, probably shared this last time, but I, I play the drums. So depending on where you are in the musician uh, spectrum, you, you might say, I'm not a musician at all. If, if that's how you feel about drummers, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, but I play the drums. I've been a, uh, trying to think of some cheeky way of saying I've been on the stage for, for long enough for 20 something years on the same stage. So, uh, love just serving at the church on the worship team. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Drummers are musicians. Uh, you're, you're a musician. Thank you. I got Thank you. you. I got you. <laughs> I needed that. It's a good day right here. <laughs> talk, talk to one of the guys who creates the song select uh, content, and he would tell you otherwise. But he's he's a nice guy. We get over it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hey, so this week on the podcast, I want to talk about the legality of set lists. I think that's something. It's not the fun. It's not like the fun uh, part of the part of it, but it's the it's the necessary side. And you guys are in the the business of licensing and. Um, you guys are in that in the in that world and in that corner of the corner of this of the space. And um, and I wanted to today. I wanted to ask. I want to jump right into this. Tell us the heartbeat behind licensing. Like, why do we do it? What is the? Everybody thinks like, oh my gosh, it's like you're taking money from blah blah blah. And why why should we have to? I can download the chart and play it for free. But like, let's let's talk about like the nuts. Like going back several steps. What is the heartbeat to why? licensing exists 
Well, CCLI, we were birthed out of the church, out of a need to get resources into the church and to do it legally. Um, at that time, there weren't blanket licenses for securing the rights to worship songs. And there was a high-profile case where a church was getting sued, and uh, that, that just led to the introduction of a concept by the worship pastor at our church who started CCLI. So the heartbeat has been resourcing the local church in, in our, from our point of view. Mm -hmm. about, been about providing resources to churches so that the worship team, the pastors, the administrative folks can focus on their flock. They can focus on the presence of God, securing the rights to sing these songs. It's just covered. You've, you've got it handled. You don't have to go out to a variety of publishers to ask for the rights to use their song on this upcoming Sunday. And today when we have songs that have six or seven catalog splits, you'd have to call each publisher involved to get the rights and, and pay whatever the rate would be for each song in your set list. So blanket licensing makes that a little bit easier. You pay an annual fee. It covers, I think in our case, over 600,000 songs and you report your usage and uh, the money flows through to the owners or the creators of the songs. And uh, it just makes the world a better place. At least we think so. <laughs> makes the world a better. Uh, yeah. um, there's, a, there's a song in there, I'm sure. And so that's the, kind of the heartbeat behind it. Now, coming from the, let's talk about songwriters. Like this is, people that exist to write, uh, people that are like, they write songs for the church. And so mm -hmm. what is licensing doing for those guys? For some of them, it puts food on the table. Um, it, that, that would be some of the, well, there's a broad spectrum. Totally. Just that. It, I, I think we have over 6,000 publishers registered with CCLI. So you have some of the larger guys that have, you know, the songwriters we would all know, the Chris Tomlins, Pat Barrett's, down to the folks you don't know who write songs out of just the overflow of their heart and then their church ends up singing that song and they realize, man, I should register that work with CCLI. Um, what ends up happening from time to time is some folks will get a, uh, a royalty check on their songs and it's a surprise around Christmas time and they're able to buy gifts for their kids. Or, you know, maybe, you know, if I were a songwriter, maybe every six months I could go get a milkshake at a Jack in the Box. <laughs> but it, it's been a beautiful thing over the years to hear how God has used this model, this stream, whatever you want to call it, to uh, affect folks' lives and to provide sustenance at times. And thanks to uh, blanket licensing and, and just this, the whole industry of Christian music, but just focusing on worshipers, there are some that are able to dedicate their lives to writing songs that bless the church. Yep. That's a byproduct of the church copyright license, the streaming license, and, and there's other licenses out in the marketplace that CCLI isn't a part of. It's those tools that provide an exchange. Churches are using these works that were authored by others 
it's a easy way to to pay for it and then as a result those folks receive that compensation and can continue to operate in that gifting yeah. and i'm i'm quite happy that a chris tomlin is writing songs rather than flipping burgers at jack in the box because totally. he's, he's blessed my life totally and without without that license they would not be able to do that because that's yeah. we all have they all have to have income of some of some level and that's mm-hmm. given them the time and the resource to sit down and provide that music for us on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And I, I would also add that just the vast majority aren't going to be uh, of songwriters who benefit from CCLI. They're, they're not doing it as a full-time gig. Uh, they, they, they have part-time jobs or they're worship leaders in churches or, you know, but still there, there is a benefit there. There's an exchange yeah. for the efforts that they put in. And I, I'm thankful that as these uh, believers listen to the voice of the Lord and they write songs that there's there's value to it outside of just having that song and blessing your church. There's there's even more. It's like it's like icing on the top of the cake. So totally. Now I want to now I want a cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the argument. My church can't afford anything because I know that that is a common that is a common statement. The assumption is like I'm just gonna I'm gonna go around because I don't help us reframe that argument. Um, like, what would you say to the person who's sitting, who's listening, going like, that's nice and all, but like, we just can't afford anything. And so we're just going to do it anyway. What is some, what is some good, like, uh, help us kind of reframe that. We've, we've been talking about food. So, uh, just, just for kicks, this may be a horrible illustration, but if, if you were someone who created nice desserts and, uh, I just decided to come over and take that thing that you created because I was hungry, but I didn't have any money. Uh, but you invested time and energy and threw a, a bunch of different ingredients in there and created something wonderful. And I should just be able to take it because it's actually God's creation. He inspired you to create that beautiful cupcake. Uh, I don't have money for it, but why should I have to pay? It's God's food. Uh, we get these arguments where why should we have to pay to sing God's music? And there, there is some truth in some of this where we can, we can sing songs, we can perform songs in worship services, and you don't have to uh, secure rights to do that. But it's when we're making copies of copyrighted work and we can get into the specific activities. It's something that someone else created. They own it. And then we're consuming it and using it and copying it and distributing it. That's not our right as a consumer or as a church. We're taking something that someone else poured value into and we're diluting that value. So I just believe that um, as, as believers, following the law is something that we should do. Yeah. We should, uh, in, in copyright law, there, there are provisions for like the religious service exemption that affords us the ability to play and perform music in services. And, and we don't have to seek any licensing for that. But it's when we start making print copies, digital copies, you know, projecting, uh, making a digital copy to project the lyrics, streaming, those sort of things that, um, hey, you, you could use something that's public domain or something that you can secure the rights to for free. There's there's plenty of content out there, but if it's copy written work that you don't have the rights to, you got to get the right licensing. You got to yep. buy the ticket to get into the park. I mean, it's just 
That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, total side note: What is the definition of public domain? Is it a year? Is it years? How old the song it's is? Years or is and it- it's 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 date of the last living author, uh, date of death. I, I think currently it's date of death plus seventy years in okay. the U.S. It's different by country. Okay. So uh, if I were to keel over and I had actually written some songs, uh, then it would be 70 years from next year, uh, 2093. 93. I mean, it's a long ways out. Yep. A long period of time. But after a period of time, those songs go in or content goes into the public domain. You can make copies of it. You can make arrangements, add your own ditty to it. Yep. Um, 70 so years is like, it's just like the next generation post. Sounds like just like the, whoever you're yeah. following generation is. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, I'm just going to like ask the dirty question. What is the potential consequences to not getting licensed? If I'm a church, like what is, is like, what does that look like? And I, it's the dirty question and nobody wants to ask it, but like, let's ask it. Like what, what is that? What does that look like? You could get sued. Yeah. Uh, it, that is not a, that is a reality. It's a reality. But. It, it, yeah, it is a reality. Yeah, you could get sued. Um, with the visibility of church services online, it, it's not hard to figure out which churches are singing which songs, um, or you know whether let, let let's say it's a a label that controls recordings and they know that they haven't licensed that work um, to X company to CCLI and someone is uh, posting that sign. You you could get sued for that sort of thing. And we've heard of lawsuits coming through. It wouldn't come from CCLI. It comes from the owner of the work, the folk, the folks who um, basically were ripping off. Yep. Yeah, we're we're using their creations and not securing the appropriate rights to do so. That happens. That that happens a lot in the graphic world. I mean, like yeah. grabbing grabbing graphics and not buying them and not paying for them and using it's royalty. It's a free. little bit. It's a little bit more taboo in the church. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really a good PR thing to say. So and so sued a church. Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. But. That is the risk, and with all of the the tools available now to validate through audio fingerprinting, you know which song is being used, which master recording, and then you could validate it against who the church is and whether they were licensed. Do we want to even think about that? Yeah, I'm. I mean, right. That's. <laughs> but just like to be clear, said. we're not the copyright police at CCLI. Correct. We're, we're not going to hunt you down. Yep. We want you to be resourced and for your services to go on, regardless of whether we're friends. Yes. But um, it is the owner of the work, whether it's the creator, the publisher, or the label that theoretically could sue um, an organization for using without the appropriate rights. Um, and you mentioned a lot about live stream. Uh, a lot of, I mean, we're all we've all kind of gotten about, gotten into that world, whether you did it before or you're doing it now or some level of that. Um, what are some things that I need to make sure of between live versus live stream and different licensing and things to kind of watch out for um, just to make sure that I myself, you know, as a church, I'm, I'm saying myself as a church, I'm covered uh, to make sure that we're taken care of. 
Okay. So the first part, the first question would be, where are you going to post your services? Where are you going to post this live stream? And then what types of music are you posting? So first off, uh, are you posting it to Facebook, which would be the hardest or the most challenging? YouTube, a little bit better, actually much better, probably. Um, or are you posting it to like a Vimeo or your church website, somewhere where there isn't a matching tool that's happening in the background? One thing that's great about YouTube is they are able to identify the underlying song or master recordings that are being used in your stream and then direct any revenue that's generated from ads to the appropriate rights owner. Because you recording your beautiful version, Jason, of uh, This Is Amazing Grace. Sorry, you don't own the song. So that recording of the song isn't yours. Right. That actually, the the royalties for that that video on YouTube should be at least a portion should be directed to the writer of that song, which I know one of them would be Phil Wickham. So, uh, just keep in mind where are you posting these streams. the The best solution is going to be if you can post it on your church website, because you don't have to worry about the audio getting muted, any sort of takedown notices. Uh, there, it's easier to put it on a Facebook, but what we hear many times is that the streams are being muted after a certain length of time because it's identified a master recording that is in that feed, whether it's a loop or an accompaniment track. Maybe someone was playing some audio during the announcement video and it picked that up. They don't have the rights for Facebook to be a music streaming service. So contractually at a certain point in time, in that live feed, they just mute it, they cut it because they can't be distributing that audio to the world. I want to, I want to, I want to sit on that for just a second. You hit on something there that I think a lot of people need to, we need to just double, double down on. We're not just talking the music that is being played. We're talking pre-service real announcement video loop, like stuff that you're like, you put on, you put on a Spotify channel that happens to get routed through that's you don't need to think about those things that that's being routed through. And so there needs to be some level of disconnect between like running a running a royalty free elevator music. If you got to run, if you got to run something before the service. Yeah. Run something royalty free or find someone in your congregation who plays the tin whistle and, you know, <laughs> just live performance. What is this? Sound we're listening to? Sorry. Uh, no, you're not uh, sorry. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But, but yeah, that is one thing that trips folks up. They don't realize something was playing in the background. Yep. They didn't even realize it. It was playing in the back of the auditorium. The Facebook feed picked it up. All of a sudden they were muted. That does happen. So uh, I, I think there's some churches that might not go live until that countdown, all that stuff is done. And it, you know, it fades in and there's the band and they're yep. playing. Yep. That would be one way of doing it. And also um, like passing through sermon, sermon videos or all those mm-hmm. things like that is all, that is all something that has to be, has to be thought through as a separate, there's a lot of things to think through, but that's a separate, it's not yeah. just the music being played. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where there's sophisticated platforms like Facebook or YouTube, it's going to identify those sort of uh, 
details. Yep. And if they don't have the rights to show that video or that audio in the stream, they'll, they'll take care of it for you. And yeah. those folks on the other end that were worshiping hands lifted high or whatever, all of a sudden it's silence. Silence. And uh, hopefully they're hearing the voice of the Lord much more clearly at that point in time. I've got, uh, I, I was leading worship once acoustic with, I was doing one of my own songs and uh, there's an acoustic version of it. And apparently I matched my acoustic version of it so so closely that Facebook shut me down. I felt like I had arrived as a musician. Afterwards, the, the pastor was like, hey, Facebook shut us down because you were playing a song. I was like, that's a that's thing. That's a thing. I think that's a I don't know how that happened, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to like check one like that. It feels like a good day for that. In that, that is awesome. That's amazing. Um, cool. OK. And, uh, and we talked. So I, I mentioned the second factor, and that is what are you posting? Yep. So to round it out, if you are playing like you were in your what you just described, you're playing the acoustic guitar, that is a live performance of the song. You didn't have backing tracks, any multi-tracks, accompaniment tracks in the background. It was just a live performance. You could have a drummer in the background, a tambourine and accordion but you guys are playing it live then the basic church streaming license that we have covers that church streaming license covers live performance if you're including a master so a backing track multi-track you've got a master recording that's in your announcement video or in the intro video you need a streaming plus license that plus covers the rights to the recorded music, the master recording that you're also including in that stream. But one caveat, we talked about the challenges of including these master recordings in your stream. If you're doing that and you have a streaming plus does not guarantee that it's going to be a great experience for your church on Facebook. It will not keep you from being muted. Uh, YouTube, they'll, they'll probably match things up. You'll get a notification that they've identified the owner of the master recording and the song. And from what I remember of that notification email, it says nothing for you to worry about. We we're, we're redirecting it this way and you just move along. Just don't dispute it. Their, their tools are smart and they figure out who owns the work. If you don't dispute that claim, everything will be fine. But if you dispute it in the email because you can't take it, then things go south and then the publisher and the record label get involved and they have to tell you personally, no, we do own the underlying song or master recording. Yes, you can post to YouTube, but to monetize that video is not your right. It belongs to the publisher and the label. So sorry, I'm going down a rabbit trail. Oh no, it's but, good. This is good stuff. Uh, so best solution, best Option is post it to your church website if you're going to be including master recordings and, and multi-tracks, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can do it on YouTube. I would discourage you from doing it on Facebook unless you've figured out the secret formula for how loud to have it turned up and how long, because there's just a lot of things that can go south there. And you just don't want your worship experience to be muted for those who are attending online. Now, the... Is that just streaming directly through Facebook Live, or is that mm-hmm. like if if I take the link from my website and post it on on you're Facebook, gonna be fine. you're going to be fine. 
because then they're not doing the streaming. You're there. There's it's, right. it's just a post, a post with a yeah. video. Yeah, okay. that's good. Um, so we talked a little bit about this, but you can, um, uh, yeah, you, we talked about understanding why Facebook shuts us down for live stream. There's no way around it. So that, which I think is, I think that's <laughs> like the, that's always the frustration part. I have seen many, I've seen many posts of people trying to like come up with ways of let's, let's put my CCLI number in the post and those things don't, Facebook goes, I don't, I, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for the. We, yeah, we haven't been able to get a definitive answer from Facebook on any keys of the kingdom there. So yeah. it, it's not going to harm you to say, I have a CCLI streaming license and here's the license number to put that in your Facebook uh, description or to yeah. do it on YouTube. I, I, I'd recommend it because then it removes any doubt whether you have the licensing, but that doesn't mean they're not going to mute it. I, yeah, I right. think there's something in the background. I I would only assume if there's some sort of provision where sometimes there's a manual intervention and someone's going to check. Maybe there's someone in the Facebook world that uh, that works for Facebook that says, oh, they put their license number here. We're going to let this go. I don't know whether that's a real thing, but that seems like that would be the only scenario it would save you against is if there was a manual solution because most of what I hear about, it just matches what's playing in the feed. And sorry, you're going off in five seconds. Now, is is live different than posting it later? Like if I upload a video, is that going to, I mean, are they going to, is there a difference between those two? I have heard and, and read in certain cases that live is a bit stricter. Uh, but I, I don't have any data to support that in some okay. of the articles that I've read from uh, from lawyers and others who, who do it a bit, it sounds like um, you're, you're going to get muted. Uh, it's more likely you get muted or muted faster in a live Facebook stream. Gotcha. Um, so are, do you guys have any newer exciting products or additions that come in from CCLI that we, sh- we should know about? There's one very exciting thing. Uh, I already talked about Streaming Plus, so and that's that was January of last year. So that's not a new product. But one enhancement or a new feature that we have launched is auto reporting. Tell me how much you like reporting the songs that you use, Jason. You not even not even kind stuff? of. That is not that's not even that's like that's, the boring part of creatives don't like admin work. So that's no, we don't do who, typing. Who likes who likes ad, uh, admin work? I guess it would be like Enneagram type two folks who just yes. want to help. And, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so we've launched auto reporting. We've started with uh, with a, a partner company, company that's close to us called Worship Tools. They have a presentation app called Presenter, a music stand app uh, called Music Stand, and a planning app called Planning. Huh. Intuitive names. Uh, <laughs> If you use any of those apps and you're putting your set list in there and you're, you're pulling in that content from Song Select, provided you have a valid CCLI license, it's uh, you, you have to turn on auto reporting. It will send the songs that you're using and you don't have to manual report with CCLI and it'll just happen continuously. We are actively working with other platforms to get them onto auto reporting. So there will be more in the very 
near future, um, I think there's three that we're actively talking with right now. So okay. we're very excited about that. But you got to start somewhere. And we started with worship tools. And uh, so far, we've got we've got over a thousand churches that are doing it. That's amazing. And, uh, it's saving time. And, so have you guys uh, done away with manual reporting or is that no, just doing churches? Both churches will always be able to manual report. Uh, but if you're using applications uh, that are tracking the songs that you use, hopefully they'll just automatically flow through through automatic reporting. Um, so this podcast, we call it the table. Um, and I believe good conversation happens over good food. So mm. if I was coming over to your house for dinner, what would be on the table? Like, what is, what is like, like, what is your, what is your thing? Everybody has a thing that like they love to do, or it, it could not be a thing, but what do you, what, what is your, what is your, what, what is your thing? I'm, I'm not going to say something that I would cook cause I'm very boring. My wife does <laughs> the good cooking. One of the favorites in our house is Tuscan garlic chicken. So it's got it's go. got kind of a creamy sauce with some roasted tomatoes in there and some spinach and garlic. And what do we put that on? We put it on like some it's not rice. I'm going blank. Oh, we put it on like noodles or something yeah. like that. Sounds put, amazing. Give some sourdough bread or some French bread. Heck, you can throw out the noodles and just do the bread and sop up that sauce. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds Sounds fantastic. Now I'm hungry. I was asked that question and then I was getting nervous because I'm now I'm thinking about it. Um, I mean, we talked about cake earlier. Now we're talking about. I know. Now we're talking about this, but uh, Out that's of the awful. overflow of my heart. You know, desserts and yeah. So what are what are some good ways for us to connect with CCLI? Like I want to get I want to get started, or I need to like just talk us through how to, the best ways to do all those things. Go to the CCLI website, ccli.com. I think our email address is support at ccli.com. If you're a songwriter or uh, a publisher or a a record label and you want to get in contact with us, you can email us IP. That stands for intellectual property, IP at ccli.com, and they can help you whether it's affiliating so you can get your songs or your masters record uh, registered with us. Um, I think that's it. And I'm sure you could find us on the socials. Our marketing team would be happy if you find us out there and yep. connect or repost you all those kind of fun things. I'm a little bit too old school at this point with my social media skills, but um, You're like, we'd love to connect with you. So you if could, you have a question, just reach out. You're like, you could mail us a letter. No, don't. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you could. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, man, I appreciate you hanging out today. Um, I know you have a, lots of things on your plate, and so I appreciate you uh, taking some time to kind of talk some of these things through on the and uh, kind of just share with us the heart and the and the reason behind behind licensing. And uh, especially like you said, you've been doing this for so long. It's great to see. Uh, it's great to see you. Just I love seeing people passionate about what they do. So, uh, thank you. Love it. And we're all serving the church, right? It's true. We're all doing the same thing. We're just kind of different different positions. So yes, um, thankful to be a part of this. Hey, and uh, I will see you in a few weeks in in, in, yeah. in Chicago at uh, worship, the Worship Innovators Conference. Yes. If you guys have not heard about it, worshipinnovators.com. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great 
uh, great uh, teachers and and connections and just a great it's a great conference and I'm excited to be a part of it this year. But you guys are going to be there, yeah. planning centers, yes. Sunday Sounds. I mean, you go down the on song all the all down the list of uh, of different of different yeah. companies, and we're all. Uh, I love I love the I, as a creative I love the name Worship Innovators. It's just a fun yeah. It's a great scenario. Yeah. That's a great time. So, all right, guys, we will see you next week.